Hello and welcome to the Soccer Rangers podcast. Now, I know it feels weird not going and having some other thing going along with it. Yet. Yeah, where, it's, where, where's nothing. the bit? <laughs> yeah, we normally have something, but no, we're just here and that's it. It started. We're going. Yeah, this is the. Like, I guess I'll say, hi, I'm Tyler. I'm the Black Ranger. And I'm Robert. I'm the Red Ranger. And we're going yeah. just like that. That's quick. <laughs> My God, how it feels weird and surreal. It's no one's not interrupting us at some point. I know. Like, like, what the that. hell is this efficiency bullshit? I know. We just we just, we're going. Wow. Well, shit. We're here, and uh, I've got some interesting questions for Rob. Oh God. Because Rob, not the Inquisition again. You never suspect it. So, I'm not even Spanish. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, Rob's kind of started playing a D&D campaign. And I, I myself, along with, I guess, Cole, if he was here, he'd talk about it. Amy, she's done it too. We're, even, even John, everyone's like, it's, it's, it's in. It's hip right now to have, to play D&D or Pathfinder, mostly D&D. It's real hip right now. I don't know if the bubble's going to burst at some point but it seems to be really cool to do uh, to the fact that when i'm at any convention now uh, when i go down the dealer's hall i'm just constantly seeing dice everywhere now um but i i digress on that point maybe that'll be another thing yeah i mean Uh, to to kind of uh rally on your point there it's definitely in style now but yeah i I don't know i don't see i don't see this as being something that's gonna go away you know, it's been an underpinning of culture going back to technically the late 70s, but really the 80s. Mm-hmm. It's just now it's socially acceptable. And I, I don't know. I, I think that definitely shows like Stranger Things have brought some interest to a younger demographic that wouldn't normally get into it as early as they have. But. I don't know. I, I just don't see this as going anywhere or going away anytime soon just because it's something that's really been here forever. It's just now, hey, we get to be out in the open about it. Yeah. It's no longer the yeah. thing you just don't talk about. It's the thing that a bunch of people did or if it's it's this thing, it's something everyone's already always known about. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. I remember back in high school playing, Used to, I played D&D, but when we played, it was finding the people that were actually going to do it it's like there's people that like heard about it and never played it or would be like oh yeah we should totally play that but then no one would ever get around to learning rules and actually setting up a group to hang out and having to plan a a session and everything which is a lot of work and then when we did i think back on it i go we never actually really read the rules or anything we just sort of sat down and didn't really make character sheets. We just had dice and one one guy who kind of read the rules, kind of knew what was going on. And you'd just be like, okay, here's a scenario. We have a room. It's like this. It's like this. And they'd be like, okay, I guess I'm a, like a fighter or archer or something. I'll go in there and I want to do this thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, just roll. And we'd play it like that. And I could think back to it going, there's way more rules than what we did back then. We were just sort of almost thought of mind just like, Improving a game, and I was like, "Wow!" And now, now I've I don't know. I've been playing for a long time. Uh, it the time creeps on you. One day you just start up. You actually do get a session going, and all of a sudden, 
you keep those sessions going over and over and over and it's three or four years later and you know a bunch of rules and you know it pretty inside and out and yeah but enough about me i want to talk about you you oh god (laughs) i want to hear about your experiences because i know i've talked about my experiences on this podcast quite a bit so i'll keep it light on my side but you i've never really been able to hear much if you've ever played DD, but you have started playing one with some guests that we've had on here recently recently the uh the twins and others maybe i don't know yeah uh how's that going for you what are your impressions of it i i i think it's going well um so i i have played i played some D in the past but not since high school so um a dark age ago uh for anybody keeping score because rob is old yeah uh <clears throat> was it even I, uh, then yeah, yeah, no, I, I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, forging the concept of D anD D with Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, the game has evolved a lot since then. <laughs> Back then, we just threw sticks at each other, and that was D anD I'm pretty close. I mean, you know, we started off with the concept of throwing dice at each other and going and, you know, whoever got the higher score would be the one that would have to go and run out and try to find the mythical dragon. I unfortunately lost every time and never found him. And the next thing I knew, you know, Da Vinci's dead. Like, hmm. huh. I always thought it would either be a dragon or some attempt at a helicopter that would kill him. But no, no, that that just wasn't the case. No. But uh, yes, uh, outside of high school. <laughs> Sorry, reminiscing about Leonardo Da Vinci. Yeah, yeah. No. Like I said, it's been a long time. Really cool guy. Drank a lot, though. Wow. Uh enough about leonardo anyway um for some reason ninja turtles just popped into my head i can't imagine i was it was already in my head for a while there i was thinking about making a joke and then and then instead of dying he turned into a turtle the craziest thing so yeah Yeah, no the the Uh, instant regret of damn it i i should have i should have played up that angle at the end but no no i I said he died instead the turtle Uh, yeah yeah so uh recently I've uh, been playing with uh, One Spoon Cosplay. Uh, Patty has been the architect of this particular campaign so far. I have no idea where it's going. Uh, fits the blissful ignorance that my character likes anyway. Um, also uh, been playing along with that uh, my wife. Because uh, of course she had to be part of this if the twins were around. <laughs> She loves the twins. Uh, as well as uh, Bree, another member of the Soccer Rangers skit group, uh, Kaiju QT on Instagram, and her fiance. Oh, so, yeah, they're in that group. Oh, yeah, that'd just be a fun group of people. Oh, yeah, no, it's it's a great group to be doing it with. We're right, getting absolutely nothing accomplished, but damn it, it's been hilarious. Um. Yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure how to approach all of this. Uh, yeah, well, here's a couple things. Is um, Some people play, like, this is the flavor of it, because since it's just basically got this a book of rules, and you then take those rules and add whatever skin or flavor you want to it. Mm-hmm. So there's a kind of a, there's a lot of different... I get, there's a lot of different c- 
combinations of people together make completely different games. And also with like the fact that uh, however uh, Patty kind of runs a game, this can be just a big thing. I, I pictured in my head that whatever campaign, what your game is going to be kind of like is very quirky and surreal. Like it's more based around just funny stuff happening i i picture but i don't know maybe patty's you're you're half right i'm half right okay you're half right because the thing i have to say that has impressed me about patty's approach by comparison to other experiences i've had patty is putting a ton of emphasis on world building okay and that i think probably will play more into later scenarios for us but so, so we've been recording the podcast, or sorry, not the podcast, the uh, session that we're doing. Oh, we have been, yeah. Oh, I, I will, I will make sure they get shared to you. Oh uh, my god! But I'm not joking, saying that our first session, Patty probably spent a good ten minutes setting up the environment that we were walking into. Because none of our characters, well, almost none of our characters uh, are directly aware of each other. I know Anna's um, goblin character and uh, Bree and Kent, their characters are aware of each other. Uh, They know each other. They've been traveling together. Though to say that either one of them really have any interest. Well, I shouldn't say that. Kent's character definitely has an interest in Bree's character. <laughs> but whether or not the two of them have any actual interest of really knowing each other is somewhat suspect. Hmm. My character begrudgingly has to work with Anna's character. Oh. And that is definitely leading to some hilarious circumstances. Uh, and then my wife, uh, she is completely separate from the rest of this. She is just a character of circumstance uh, that has found herself in an interesting position. Uh, you know, I'll just go and say uh, my, my wife's character, her entire backstory is she was a farm girl. Okay. One day she saw a talking raccoon being thrown into jail. Hmm. She did not like the fact that the nice talking raccoon was being thrown in jail. So she broke him out of <laughs> out of jail, stabbed several of the guards, and went off to become an adventurer. Her <laughs> IQ rolls were some of the lowest you could imagine. And yes, we do allow for re-rolls of <laughs> ones when it comes to stats. Oh. Yeah, she kept hitting that number over and over again. That's, uh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, Uh, it, um, it was something to behold. So, uh, yeah, our actual game scenario has nothing to do with that, but just part of the character backstory. Yeah. Do you guys, here's, here's the question. So, another kind of things that I see happen with different kinds of groups is... Some groups are very, very into, uh, min, I want to say min-maxing stats, uh, that kind of stuff. They're very into the mechanics of the gameplay, mm-hmm. uh, versus, uh, RPing of the gameplay. 
Um, so uh, I I don't know how like I'm curious how you guys are if you since this is uh, uh some of you have been playing for a while some of you like, are probably new into it or aren't playing yeah, it as new, much new ish yeah and then there's also jumping from game systems to game systems so mm-hmm. one of you could be playing used to playing like uh, a different kind of game system and then all of a sudden they're jumping into whichever version you're playing i assume you're playing D version fifth edition I but, believe that's the edition we're on, yeah. Yeah. So even I don't know, like, because, again, at, at home, uh, I'm constantly playing Pathfinder, which is a completely different system and game. Yeah. So you can you can be you can be into role-playing and, and playing uh, uh, tabletop games, but you can be going from system to system and not even, all of a sudden, you have no idea what you're doing, or things are kind of the same but different, and then it really screws you up. But I digress. My question is, uh, do you find your guys worrying about rules a whole lot or is it kind of pretty loosey-goosey but it's more about your character development and such so the way that patty runs this i'll definitely say we hit both points pretty hard um i will say there's definitely more of an emphasis on the role play elements of the campaigns but in particular the battle scenarios so to speak to which we've only actually really had one, but we've had uh, scenarios that we had to work through, grid on the map, and okay, just yep. figuring it out, all that stuff. Uh, we've had a couple of those without actual combat involved, but could have turned into combat. Uh, Patty is really into very elaborate staging sy- or systems. Oh. Uh, I'll probably end up talking a little bit more about that later, but when it comes to that stuff, no, total stickler for the rules it is exactly as it should be. When it comes to in between those scenarios, though, we're definitely allowed a little bit more freedom than what would generally be associated there. Um, my character and Anna's, we kind of hate each other. <laughs> we're forced to work together for circumstances that I can't really divulge because other people that play this... Also listen to this podcast, and I don't want to go and reveal information that some should not know. That's good. That's good. Okay. But uh, our first session, so a little bit of backstory. So right now, what has brought our five characters together is a job posting that has been made apparent. And the reasons that my character and Anna's character are there are... A little bit outside of the payment side of things. I play the son of a nobleman gone paladin. Okay, of course you are. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've met another, I've got a friend who he said he was a paladin. I was like, yes, yeah, you are. I I I, I assure you, this paladin is not what you're expecting. Oh, okay. (laughs) But uh, yeah, Anna's character is a. a goblin thief. So, uh, d- just by that by itself, you can kind of tell that there is not... There is not a good reason on why the two of us should be in any way traveling together. And, uh, we- we've got our own reason for being there. Uh, Bree and Kent, they're there for the money and whatever they can steal. Because Bree's a pirate. Oh. And, uh, Kent, in his own words, um, is a bird. 
Not that kind of bird. <laughs> I'll, uh, hmm. I'll let you listen to the actual campaign. Okay. <laughs> if, if anybody's interested in this, uh, send us an email, soccerrangerspodcast at gmail.com. I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this, but I, I'm trying not to give away too much here. Yeah. Uh, man. And how, then, long, how long are your sessions for a quick quick? Uh, generally between an hour and a half to two hours. That's not bad at all. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, so we're there to get hired for a job. And right now, even at this point, we're still going through kind of the auditions phase, so to speak. The person that's hiring us has a lot of money and a lot of assets. And whatever campaign we are hopefully going to be engaging in on this character's behalf uh, must be something pretty big given the number of people there with 600 applicants and it's slowly getting whittled down to hopefully what will be us five. Interesting. Or Patty might completely go and throw us, you know, off entirely and just like, well, oh. none of us got hired. Who knows? Yeah. I have no idea. I'm, then there I'm could be sure. like a super team that you're always versing against that they yeah. won. Oh. oh, see, that that yeah. is that is always an interesting part of there's a lot of. uh, uh what I see is getting people's like uh, either either you write your characters like that where they are already familiar with each other and then you just pop into the story and boom you're there you're already friends you already know each other and so you have this familiarity of some kind uh, because the other side of it is campaigns kind of start and then you just keep working with each other and there is never really any solidified team dynamics where you just you're you're normally a lot of times is you all show up in a place and then something happens and then you all fight together and then it goes assume that you are now a team but sometimes it feels very forced and you get these like team dynamics of people that don't actually like each other and they're just working with each other because that's the natural flow of the story but then you do get you don't get people who will risk themselves for other people or you don't get that kind of stuff and it's always a lot of kind of weird backstabbing or you hit uh some kind of um uh, uh social because he because in that there is a there's a fair bit of conflict that can either be social where you can just talk your way out of something or it can just break out into a fight and if your characters have to come to a decision but they don't ever they've never actually truly gotten to know each other or agreed to work with each other then you hit those kind of social uh, so social conflicts kind of as a brick wall where either one person does it all and everyone just stands back and does nothing, I guess like a fighter would do too, but uh, or they completely butt heads because one person's going to go, we should do it this way, and the other person is also strong-willed and say, no, we should go the opposite way, and then they will never agree on each other. I've had that happen in games and it's kind of rough because you're like, you want to push the story forward, but you don't want to, you don't want to force the story upon them. You want them to figure out the story themselves. You want them to make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. But sometimes they do just hit this conflict. And if you've never uh, built up that beginning, um, beginning stages of like creating a nice team dynamic, I guess, or even then, yeah. uh, where you guys go through some hardships and then you're like we went through some hard trips tried to get this job and we did it you guys are good let's keep working together and then you do that handshake and then it fades to black and whatever but 
Uh, it sounds like you're kind of doing that. Do you find, I guess, you, you, you pretty much answered, or you haven't even gotten through that yet. You're figuring out still. Maybe you're still in the, uh, I guess that would be the prequel, the predecessor to the you guys figuring each other out. Yeah, we're definitely getting through that. Uh, the first combat scenario we had to go with, uh, Kent and I were the only two that took damage What's somewhat comical about that, though, is all the damage that I took was trying to inflict damage on Anna's character. <laughs> huh. Yeah, w- without giving away too much, there was a barrier between us, and Anna said something to piss my character off. And, uh, yeah, I decided to go with the barrier a little bit. Oh, there you go. And it hurt. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I had pretty decent health going into it, and I had three HP left at the end. Hmm. So, yeah, my my character and hers were always butting heads, and what's becoming a running theme, somewhat unintentionally, at the end of each one of these combat scenarios, uh, I'm always trying to kick the little blighter, and she's always trying to uh, stab at either my ankles or my kneecaps. And somehow or another, we just cannot go and roll to hit either one of us. It's fate, then, too. Apparently. Because that is that is a beauty thing with just the randomness of dice sometimes. Sometimes it works out perfectly. And that's when you've got those stories of uh, constantly trying to attack each other because you hate each other. But the dice just won't let it. They just yep. won't let it. <laughs> so, Yeah. But hey, that's part of it. That's uh, you do you still. That is that is though team chemistry right there, uh, because you are forced to work with each other. But you you've got your little side thing. So mm-hmm. with that, you're you're growing familiarity with each other, and either you'll betray them or you have a reason not to betray them, or they have a reason not to betray you. Hopefully, yeah. Sadly, sadly, at least two of us have that, and yeah. one is too dumb to can. Even have the idea of betraying. Well, there you go. And then there's Bree and Kent, <laughs> who I'm pretty sure are going to try to just murder me at some point and go and take my satchel of gold. Yeah. Oh, but that'd be I don't know. That might be too too simple because there is that too. Where you could have a crazy character that just always comes up with convoluted plans to steal your gold, but never actually does it because it's just too crazy. <laughs> and like we can't just simply take it that's not how a pirate does it a pirate must challenge we must swoop in we'll catch him at the dead of night dressed I, I, as maids i would love for brie to try something like that that could only add her end hilariously yeah because uh, i'm yeah. definitely in it for the yucks i it, you've heard my character type but yeah the the, the joke is um my character is uh, basically Zap Brannigan. Oh my god. He is so full of himself. So nope. Yeah, nobleman paladin. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So blissfully ignorant to the fact that his noble and righteous mentality is also completely delusional at all levels. The joke is, my character is Butler. Every night would bring a new princess from a fair and exotic land, and I would bed her, and she would go and leave, as she was not good enough for me. 
Hmm. You can pretty much guess the fact that they were not princesses. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. It's so fucking delusional. We, uh, we actually, uh, two weeks ago, had a little mini scenario because uh, Kent had his birthday. Happy belated birthday, Kent. Uh, <laughs> said it before anyway, but still. Say, say, it. Oh, say it again. There you go. Yeah, exactly. belated, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, you've already said happy birthday, happy belated birthday? No, no, I've just said happy birthday. But, oh, know. well. <laughs> yeah. Happy double. At this point, it's actually early. Happy early birthday for next year. Oh, there you go. Yes, yes, yes. Happy early yeah. birthday. Uh, so Kent's birthday. They, did you have like a special thing with, or was just Kent not there? Uh, Kent and Bree were both not there. Ah. But the twins really wanted to do something, and my wife really wanted to do something, which of course means, God damn it, I need to host people again. So we did a little mini scenario. We were at a good place with a little break. And uh, we, we spent about an hour uh, with my character with only a towel draped around his waist. Trying for the love of all that is holy to go and keep it up and go and collect my stolen satchel of gold. Hmm. Hmm. It is one of the most insane things I have ever recorded in audio. And I do this podcast every week. That's true. Yes. Well, that that's the part of it. It's all part of imagination. You can you can really run into any scenario. You just have some rules there and then just go with it. And so you can have pretty serious characters that are gruff and uh uh full of despair. Also, how many of your people are orphans? Because that's also a really popular thing where every person's an orphan. Ah. Uh. At You've got parents. Point, yes, I have parents. Um, Anna's character was adopted by her da, her other da, and her mo, and some <laughs> other people that haven't been identified yet. <laughs> okay. Her da and her ma. No, no. Uh, her da. Her da. Her other da. Her da. Her oh, ma. Her ma. Yeah. Okay. The ma. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Like, uh... There's, um... There's some suspicious things going on in that Cretan's backstory. It's all lies. Or it's all true. I don't know. She's a goblin. Oh, no, 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 that part's true. I'll assure you of that. But there's uh, there's more going on with that thing. Oh, very suspect. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I actually find it kind of comical that nobody's picked up on anything yet. Um... And this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody listening to this here, but there's definitely something else going on between me and Anna's character. And uh, I I keep going and using very specific terminology, and nobody's picked up on any of it yet. And it's kind of pissing me off at this point. Is she your daughter or something? No! God, no! (laughs) she your lover? Oh, God, no! What's going on? Oh, God. Something that... That foul smelling and repugnant. This is just me talking. This is not even my character. Just, oh, God, no, please. Hmm. Please. That hairy thing? No. (laughs) Well, small green things can get in so many places. Mm -hmm. Um, But you did talk about, uh, so that's another thing, is you you guys, you do um, 
the tactile. What are mm-hmm. they called? Yeah. Tactile combat. Yeah, Tac- yeah. So you do have like you get down to it. You go, okay, you're in a conflict now. She pulls out whatever map she's made, or she draws the map. Then yep. And then you guys have your little miniatures that you're like thinking over, and you're going, okay, I can move five feet here. I can get up there. And what, what's do you you prefer that? Uh, I guess if how much you've ever played. Uh, have you ever really played it in your mind before versus playing it with very easy miniatures that you know how far everything moves and all that jazz? Uh, I don't know. I, I definitely prefer having the grid action maps um, just because, honestly, I, I like the structure that comes along with things like movement speeds and distances. And when you're playing more loose a lot of times, I feel like you'll lose a little bit of something there. It takes away some of the edge and strategy. And I mean, my final, our favorite Final Fantasy game is Final Fantasy Tactics. I like turn-based scenarios. You know, hmm. that's that's something that speaks to me. And I like having to go and you know calculate out in my head, okay, what's going to make sense? How to go and move here? And when you add more people to that that are actually controlling themselves, and you have to. Uh, coordinate around that. I I feel like that just makes for a much more engaging operation, even though it does lose some of the potential for chaos that comes along with having a more open play environment. Yeah. Well, that's the side uh, because with uh, when you get down to like that kind of uh, combat with with uh, very specific movements and everything, it does kind of change the game up. And then normally when you do the more free flow of of social aspect stuff that's normally done in the mind because the idea is one's going very quickly where every action is taking six seconds so you you can play you can have a combat that lasts like an hour that you play and then you go okay well i had however many so actions that was only about eight turns that wasn't even like a minute of combat so we just fought all this and if you went back and actually took it up to proper uh proper speed it'd just be like swing 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 die, guy dies guy dies guy dies done and that was the entire combat it, it's not as it, it's it's kind of silly how you think back of it that way and you go oh we we had this epic fight uh in real time it lasted a minute and then you're like <laughs> oh okay it was just a quick fight scene uh but then yeah you have your uh, i really like that stuff because it does add a different aspect of kind of puzzling in your head where you're kind of it, it it turns into uh, being a tactician where you have movement and you have to go, okay, I can kind of flank this guy. If I strategically place some spell here, I can kind of hit these people or that, and then you're fighting. And then when it comes back to it, uh, uh, social stuff, how that works is not as quick. Like you can walk across the room while having a conversation or you're trying to persuade someone into talking into something. Um very few times does that kind of like social like you're trying to uh, seduce a guard to get in somewhere or something like that do you need to have to done in a specific order because it's it's like talking to him for like a minute ish and then time kind of gets kind of loosey-goosey and you can kind of do a whole lot of fun things but no i'm all i'm all about the tactical stuff i really like it um I'm curious. I want to get into the nitty gritty of like what you guys actually use for stuff. Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like, do you have 
acrylic or do you have just a gridded board that you go down or does she have like tiles she puts down to make an area or anything like that so she has a piece of cellophane that she has marked out with sharpie and made a grid out of and the scenarios we played so far she has a uh she has set pieces that she sets up either underneath it just to kind of give us a concept of on what scale we're playing with uh, or give us a layout of the environment that we're in. And then props that are generally just construction paper, you know, colored okay. uh, that overlay on top of the grid to go and give us an idea of obstructions, obstacles. Uh, the second scenario we did... There was a ton of this, because this is one where we didn't actually have a combat in the combat scenario. Uh, we didn't have our weapons, and we basically needed to do some puzzle solving. And uh, there were things that could have killed us uh, involved with this. Okay, All yeah. of them were involving... Traps and such. Get, yeah, exactly. All of them involved getting a hold of these large gems, uh, of which only one would show up at a time. And we had to plan with each other how to most effectively and efficiently collect them as they were becoming available. And we got through it without taking any damage or without tripping any of the traps. Though the environment changed every time that we collected one of these gems and placed it on top of a pedestal. That's really which neat. Was, yeah. It actually was. Like, this, this was a great scenario. Yeah. Despite a lot of what we were doing being pretty rudimentary. But what we found out afterwards is that if one of us had held on to one of these gems for more than one turn, had we moved across certain planes with it, uh, it would have been either massive damage or instant death. Ha! Ha ha! Oh. Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, Patty keeps trying to kill us, and somehow or another, we're all getting through it with just sheer dumb luck. That's beautiful. There is... And then there's me. I've been trying to kill my character since the first first time we got together here. And it's like, I, I can't do it. I cannot die. I, Why are you trying to I, kill yourself? Because I'm forever stuck with Anna's character. Oh, wow. Who's constantly climbing up on top of me. Jeez. Okay. Yeah, yeah that sounds no, real it, fun. Oh, yeah. No, no. It, I, I, I sent you the link to the audio. You'll, uh, yeah, I see it. I'll, you'll get a chuckle out of that. I'm going to listen to him. Uh, oh, but yeah, that is yeah. that is a thing. There is there is always a lot going on behind the DM screen that you don't see. And mm-hmm. I'll do that because I'll have, like, a fight or something and or some kind of puzzle or scenario that they'll go through or they'll go through it and they will miss two-thirds of the things that happen and they'll just go through it and i'll go they'll be confused by it because they'll just be like suspect of like something's something's gonna try and kill us here so let's try not to do that and then they don't really trip or do any of the things that needs to be done and they just kind of get through it and they're just like oh well that wasn't very bad and i'm just behind the screen going oh they're fucking they did that so lucky they didn't go where you want them to go as a dm you're always trying to kill your party it is just that is the rule that is your job you're trying to do everything you can to try and kill them because they are very creative and oftentimes if they die it is because of something they did themselves or by some of the randomest dice rolls that you can't even plan you're just there one day and you're like oh this isn't gonna kill them you roll a dice 20 20 oh that's mass damage 
uh, and then you go 80 points of damage, and they're like, I'm dead. I'm like, how are you dead? You're like at full health. I'm like, yeah, that's I only have 80 points of health. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> so it, it, it's somehow that's how you kill people. Other people, yeah, or they just kill themselves. Like I had a guy that was saw a giant hole and decided to jump into it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> It's a 50-foot hole, and I'm just like, I'll just pick up all this dice that does the fall damage. This much damage. Oh, that kills me. I'm like, you want to? should we rewind that back a little bit? Maybe this was a weird fever dream of jumping into a hole. So sometimes you have to do that because people do just kill themselves in the strangest way where you – also, that's another thing is what was one of these stories I once heard where there was like some kind of portal uh, – that everything around it was dead. Uh, there was like a chipmunk and bones and things that were around it that were dead. And then to the point where the GM even says that like a squirrel walks up to it, touches the thing, dies instantly. And still one of his characters was like, I'm going to touch it. He touches it and then dies instantly. He's like, why did I die? I'm like, the DM was like, you fucking touched it. Yeah. He goes, everything was there telling you this thing's bad. And immediately that's just a sign that characters want to, they just want to kill themselves or they never they always expect what they see is the opposite or something like that. It's crazy. So I guess wow. But it's it's a good thing to have that cuz then after that I'll they'll ask me questions of like puzzles or something. They're like, "Did we do that correctly? Was there some kind of other point?" And I'll go either no, you did it correctly or no, you guys completely missed this entire thing. It was supposed to do this. This is supposed to do that. You're supposed to turn into whatever, but you, none of you None of you had any problems with it. So it's crazy how many things you can decide and then find out your... Or you can plan so much things as DM only for your player characters to just do something completely different and you can just throw it out the window and just improv what you can. <laughs> so, yeah. It is it is a constant back and forth between the two because you can, as a DM, plan as many things and then as a player, you're just... You're, you just show up and you just kind of do what you can, but you... Just trying I am to f- at the mercy of whatever force is going and rolling these dice. Yeah. Also, just trying to figure it out too, because I'll be there too. Where like I've, uh, I've also I play as a character too, and I'm sitting there, and um, there's sometimes where it's hard to go. Uh, some things are pretty predictable when you're when you think of it from a DM standpoint. So if I'm sitting there on a character, I go, "Oh, this character probably is like this," and then I, that's a bad thing that happens where. Uh, you get this player knowledge that your character's not supposed to know. Uh, so, again, like you got, uh, you have this as a fact here that you have some things that you know that your other characters can't know. But does does this happen where uh, uh, Patty has to either whisper in someone's ear some information or ask some people like cuff themselves because this person is currently away learning something and then can choose to come back and not tell the rest of the group of it? But they could have been sitting at the table while it happened and heard it and then use that knowledge even though they shouldn't. Has that... That haven't had a scenario like that yet. Okay. Okay. I do suspect given the way that... We we were really encouraged to come up with our character backstories and all that outside of the DM. And... While we did ultimately clue Patty in on everything, given the level of secrecy involving K 
character backstories right now and on how we're choosing to divulge information instead of having uh, the scenarios catered around revealing stuff, I definitely could see Patty being in a situation on where we're either asked to leave the room, cuff our ears, or something gets whispered in somebody's ear uh, to not go and break the level of immersion that we're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Sometimes you can do that. Sometimes you can't. Uh, I definitely, like, uh, when I DM, I have, uh, what is it, six, seven people. So it's very hard to control that many people going around. So yep. sometimes it's like, other people are going stuff. Uh, I do have Cole in my game. He's very bad for this. I'm going to call him out right now. By the <laughs> um, Where he'll be off somewhere, and then other people will learn stuff, and then he'll be like, let me do this thing. Or what will happen is some people will split up, and, mm -hmm. of course, when people split up, that's when people die. Uh, so mm -hmm. some other people off by themselves. Oh, this character is supposed to be like some kind of ghost that then shows up, and then they start attacking and then Cole will just be like, oh, my character now wants to backtrack my entire time that I have been walking to go over here where these guys are getting attacked. And I go, no, you don't know that. You're not allowed to do that. What would your character do? And that's the come down to is like, sometimes, sometimes you're playing a character that is very different from what your natural impulses are. Uh, some people are very good at that where they get into character and go, what would my character do? My character would either be selfish, wouldn't want to help other people, or if he heard screaming coming from down this area and you knew it was some kind of battle, would you go back and help them? Or you'd be like, oh, that sounds dangerous. I think I'll go the other way. And then you just slink away or whatever. Because sometimes that's, that's a problem. Natural people's instincts will slip out and people will try to make characters that are polar opposite to them, but then find themselves fall back into their natural uh choice decision other people are actually very good at it of uh picking this character and then understanding what their choices would be given any situation uh mm -hmm. do you find that with you guys that some people play characters that are very much like themselves because they find that natural or do they want to try completely different characters at least from this group definitely more playing different characters my, my wife being the one kind of pseudo notable exception because while she is definitely not an idiot like her character Lysandra is she also has never done something like this before she's never played D&D &D, so she's kind of getting to experience how this plays through the eyes of a dimwit oh. so she's getting to go and kind of She's getting to both play a character as well as kind of having an out for maybe not going and uh, picking up and following up on what could potentially be really easy or simple things to do. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, that is that is a good ex uh, example of, like, just playing what would my character do in this point, which is always kind of the healthiest question to do. You just get that, get that on a band on your hand. What would my character do? Uh, because that is the that is the thing people always are thinking. Would I say this? Would my character do this? And yeah, uh, it's sometimes people find it really easy. Sometimes people don't. So, but that's that's good to hear. Um, man, am I running out of questions? I think I kind of am. This is the basic stuff. So, yeah. uh, 
I do want to point out, I should suggest this. You should look up uh, uh, something I've been playing around with, too, is... Uh, oh, actually, yes, that's the point. This is part of it. Uh, props and stuff. Okay. Um, Elaborate. Ha yes, so you did talk about your tactile stuff of having kind of little cardboard pictures of stuff to represent items. Uh, there is even going further than that, and, like, they have... One of the things I use a lot is... I've been printing these uh, printable scenery. So you can just print scenery on your 3D printer now, and then you can print tiles uh, for dungeons that just clip together, and then they're modular. So you have a bunch of walls and a bunch of floors, and they just all clip together, and then all of a sudden you've got this 3D dungeon. Um, you'll see that. Uh, Dor Dwarven Forge is another one that does a lot of those. Uh, if you ever watch any of the Critical Wool stuff, whenever they do combat, they've got these full flushed out... Uh, 3D printed uh, battle arenas of every uh, encounter they kind of happen. That's always a really interesting part. Uh, but another thing is, um, I'm curious, have uh, uh, the other physical element of things. Uh, this will actually go into my other question now, too. Uh, so sometimes you'll find, like, let's say a piece of paper on a character that has to pertain to the next plot of the story you might not have gotten really that far into this but uh it's always helpful i don't know if she's like got printouts and handouts to give to you because just the physical oh, yes okay yeah so that's the question uh yeah. is physical handouts of things of notes and I, such it, our first scenario uh after the i say like 15 minutes it was probably closer to like seven or eight minutes of exposition just kind of setting up the world that we were walking into. Uh, as soon as that ended, we were all handed our uh, applications for employment. Oh, okay, yeah. Which I will say by itself, I, I don't think that there's any of this is actually in the audio. But uh, definitely, we, we all, with the exception of dear sweet dumbass Lysandra... All of us definitely uh, put some personality into those things. Oh. My character, who just doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself. Uh, well, there was a section on there about if you are traveling with companions, uh, who are they and what was their application number. Oh. And his character is named Cat. Okay. And... In writing out on the application, I not only chose not to put down Kat's application number to associate us, but could not bring myself to actually go and give the character's name itself. Goblin, Cat, Fuzzy, it has a name. <laughs> that thing i know it's got a name yeah that's just it oh i forgot baby yoda i i, I <laughs> yeah okay that's great yeah. yeah no yeah and then uh i believe that anna put something like like my actual character's name and application number uh but then followed it up with something to the extent of if you just look for the shiniest most pretentious thing out here you'll find them <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, on Kent's one, uh, on his application, 
think it was. I think on his skills he listed. Uh, what was it? Uh, I'm a fly. I'm a smash. I'm a bird. Because he is also a dumbass owl. <laughs> okay. And it's probably some kind of barbarian by the sounds of it. I think that might actually be his class, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like... That's that's a pretty cliche barbarian thing. Like, it's it's uh, the tropes of a goblin is always a uh, thief of some kind of rogue. Yeah. And then barbarians are always just really dumb. Because yep. they put all their stats into strength. So... Yeah, no, that's that's great because like handouts, uh, they're they're lovely uh, to add uh, immersion into it again. It is yeah, yeah. more immersion. Like you guys got those, and then you it helps you get into more character and build your character a little bit. Like how would my character fill out this sheet? And you guys did it. it just it's having fun, and that's well, that's great to hear. Yeah, yeah, and there's definitely been a lot of callbacks because even though we don't have those applications anymore there's been this running joke of needing to remember your application number. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you can probably guess, somebody in our group uh, doesn't care to take the time to remember what his number was. Yeah. Was it Was it you? <laughs> yes, exactly right. Well, okay. The real joke on that is less that I'm a pretentious asshole that just didn't take the time to go and memorize it. It's more just... Dude, I, I cannot remember an arbitrary number that popped up at the beginning of scenario. I, I don't think... I it sounds like two other people would have no possibility to remember those either. And yet somehow they do, and that amazes me. Oh, <laughs> it's the idiot savant, I guess. I guess. Um, yeah. No, that's great. That's... Uh, um, it, it can really add things. And then uh, I've seen some things... Uh, where people have started adding uh, black lights into it, so they'll give out maps and stuff, or and they'll give out black lights, and then all of a sudden, uh, pieces of handouts that they had a long time ago then become relevant again because there was black light on it at some point. You have to really kind of plan down the uh, uh, the tree if you're planning that far. Um, like one of the things. I planned for a while because it basically I set it up and then I let them decide to fix it when they wanted to fix it uh, is I gave one of the persons that I play with, they got, uh, I made up basically a curse for them that they would slowly turn into a uh, hag if they didn't deal with it at some point, but I didn't want them to deal with it quickly. So they couldn't just go to a priest and go, fix me. They go, oh, this is different and weird. We can't do anything. So they're like, well, now we got to go on a side quest to fix this thing. Uh, but what I did do is I got them, uh, I wrote up a, a pamphlet of like, in the sense of if you're going through puberty, that kind of cheesy, so you're going through puberty. Was, so you're turning into a hag. Some of the things you're going to see and deal with. And it was a nice little pamphlet that I wrote up for them and gave that to them. Nice little chuckle like that. And they had that. And it gave them, on it, it gave them uh, a couple different ways for them to cure themselves. All three of them, not very good ways to do it. So I was kind of curious which one they'd pick. Of course, whatever I planned was not good enough for them. They're like, all three of those suck. We're going to go find a fourth option. And I'm going... I just gave you all your options there. There is no fourth option. So now I've got to come up with a fourth option. So mm. what I did do, um, 
I'm surprised they didn't even realize this, but what I did is I took out some new information of their current status of things that are affecting them. They have uh, some, they had a little bit of bonuses and a little bit of uh, penalties. So I printed that on a piece of paper. I folded that piece of paper in half and inside it, I made, I printed off uh, uh, an end thing, uh, which was a little uh, picture of a philosopher's stone. Because I was like, oh, if they're cure themselves, I'm going to give them a little bonus because it's that's the end of the quest they've done. They get a bonus for it. Put it in between the two pieces of paper, glue them together, and never once did they realize that there's this piece of paper that has this object inside it. They didn't shake it around or anything. They didn't even think it was weird that it was like double-sided and glued together. They just had it like that. So constantly uh, keeping track of notes and objects kind of has to be someone's duty. Uh, because that's a thing where constantly I, I'd have to check up every couple of sessions going, you still got your pamphlet thing that has the stuff? Because they're like, oh yeah, it's somewhere. And then they go, it was here. It's somewhere around here. And I go... Well, let's let's look around for it, try and find it, until the day eventually I go, um, you're cured now, please take that, rip it in half, for them to do that, for them to realize, oh, there's something inside there, and I go, that's now this object, that's very nice, that you get to keep, because of you curing their stuff, and then that all clicked for them, because every time I'd ask, keep track of your stuff, because it's somewhere, uh, that they were realizing, oh, there's a hand, there's something inside here hidden, that they then never realized for, I think it was like an entire year that this had gone on for. So that's an important thing. That comes to the other side effect of, do you have someone that keeps track of your handouts and or takes notes? Do you guys take notes? That's a big question. Most everybody takes notes. Okay. Actually, I shouldn't say that. All of us take notes, though to what degree is a different story. Yes. Um, yeah, I will say Bree is very good about taking notes. Uh, Kent is good about taking notes that personally relate to his character, but I don't think he goes and takes a lot of notes given to just the general shape of everything. Uh, Brianna's very good about it. Anna, I have seen writing things in a notebook, but I'm not entirely sure that they're notes just because that thing tends to come out at weird times. Oh, okay. It may just be vexes and curses against me. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, because that's an interesting... That is a part about taking notes because I know I've had... Sometimes you're you're on a quest of some kind and you sort of lose track of what you're doing because you'll need to do something and you'll go somewhere else to do that thing and learn you'll have to do something else to get that thing, which you then kind of go somewhere else to do something else. And it gets down to these very layers of, wait, why are we in this town? What are we doing again? We have to do something to go get something to go get something in kind of layers sometimes. And it is kind of important to have someone who is good at notes. Everyone should be taking notes because even I, I've got a pretty good memory. So I kind of keep track of what's sort of going on right now but even then i do take down names for one thing but there is that other side effect of like sometimes you meet someone and you're like who's this guy let me write down his name and then it's just another name in a book and you're like oh you know remember that guy dave and you're like mm, just a random person that 
every NPC you don't need to remember, but there are certain characters that you do need to remember and are important, but that's only if you really pursue them, too. Because we've had that, uh, I've had that in games, I'm talking again, um, where it comes to, I'm here sitting with, like, the whole plot of why they're going... Uh, people do... Yeah, okay. People do follow motions a lot. People get swept up into, oh, we're playing a game, so I need to go fight this guy. If I see a dungeon, I have to go through the dungeon to do the thing. And they kind of forget why they're doing it. They're just going through these motions of, I'm in a game. So, thus, you must follow these steps of enter a dungeon, fight everything there, for whatever reason, kill everything, and then they kind of forget why they're there. So, it's very important to get notes because sometimes you'll stumble across information and they'll be like they won't really understand how it fits into everything because they weren't really keeping track of everything up to that so they'll get this big chunk of information that they'll read but not be able to process because it actually has a bunch of answers in it but they don't realize it has the answers because they forgot the questions Mm -hmm. if that means anything so Long story short, take notes because people have bad memories. People have faulty memories, too. I've had this where I run into a situation. (laughs) So (laughs) you're going to like this. Uh, We're here playing, going to a situation. This is one dungeon they could actually very easily, my group, could very easily, all they have to do is drop one person's name. And Mm -hmm. just like that, they could get into the person. Uh, that they need to see, not fight anyone, just and that can just get them an audience with this person in charge of this dungeon. That's it. Out of all the people, everyone's going, oh, we've never learned this guy's name. We don't know why we're here. This is some person. It's connected to someone else. And they go, oh, well, is it this person's name? Oh, no, that's someone else. Not even related to this at all. And you have, get this, Cole, of all people, was like, well, it's this guy. This is the guy that was related to this. And everyone immediately, I'm like, Oh, Cole actually remembered something and the right character. And then they're like, oh, his name wasn't written down. We never actually learned this guy's name. That's some completely else. It's what's whatever. And then they just go in there and fight. And I'm sitting here going, wow, it just one person had it. But that mob <laughs> mentality of everyone else going, no, 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 no. That's wrong. We we remember yeah, it no, completely Cole differently. Cole could never be right. Yeah, but no one for really. Cole is actually sometimes right. He is. He doesn't listen very often. And that's another thing, but besides the point, well, it is rare. So I can understand them understanding that if it comes out of Cole's voice, it must be wrong. But the fact that no one else, even even to the point that they do have physical handouts that has the guy's name on it at some point, but they didn't put it together because those physical handouts, sometimes you got to read them multiple times to remember everything. There's some keywords in there that are good. Uh, it is another thing to have those, I guess, able for everyone to look at. Because it's one thing, have someone read it out. Sure, why not? Because some you, sometimes you have someone who is a very good speaker and can read out this note for everyone to hear and listen to in one go instead of having to pass it around. But then after that, pass it around because sometimes people have lulls and they can just be doing nothing and go, let me look at this piece of paper again. And then they'll see something in there that they remember or have notes about that then they can make connections and go, oh, this is actually very important. But no one else realized that because they either don't remember that happening or weren't there for the situation or vice versa. So long story short, take notes. 
sometimes it's hard because there is tons of information and sometimes you have to write down names that mean absolutely nothing and connect to nothing but it does help remember things at some point or then you have that where it goes that name's familiar and they're just flipping through notes because they take so many that it is somewhere in there and they skim over it because it's just a speck and you don't even know how it's related to anything and it's just completely jotted down so but it's so I somewhere guess I have to ask you a question what's up what's up so how sadistic of a dm are you how sadistic of a dm am i because I kind of get the feeling that you're most of the time very cool, but you love to go and throw just a little something in there just to go and fuck with everyone. Yes. Yes, I do. Um, I don't want to kill... It, fe- I feel, it feels bad to kill someone. Basically, mm-hmm. I'll have that where people go, oh, I'm really hurt. I'm dying. And then I'll go, okay, I'm, I'm, I won't try and go for you because... Some characters have really strong attacks, and I'll go, okay, if I attack them with this really strong attack, I know I'm going to obliterate them. So I'll hold off. I'll spread I'll spread the damage around a little bit. Um, but uh, that's a mistake on my half because my characters are overpowered. I don't know how it keeps happening. They just built their characters well, but I keep getting to situations where I'm trying to kill them. I go, oh, these characters are probably going to really die here. And then I get into it, and I'll go they're killing me very quickly and they're not hurt at all so (laughs) but i do like to throw things into a wrench a lot so i'll do that where i'll give people curses randomly or something will happen to them uh because i want there all those things are in there but people are cautious and i know it kind of sucks to you want to have a perfectly built character uh built the way you want it uh, you don't want to have these weird flaws inflicted upon you, but that is also kind of life. Uh, so I will throw these weird wrenches into it of situations. I also put out little weird pieces of bait trying to, I, I'll try to put out things that, uh, either they'll really like, but then I know I've got strings attached to my head. So I'll go, Oh, here's this really nice thing. I'm tempting you with it. Uh, would you like it? And then they go, I would like that. And then they take it and I go, aha, it was cursed or something like that. Mm. Or it's just like they're going to the situations and they want to get the killing blow. Again, that's how the person got hag fever is just like, I want someone to get it somehow. And then their person's like, I hate this person. I'm going in for the killing blow and stabbing them last. I'm like, well, in her dying breath, she curses you to be a hag. And you're like, no. So I do like that. I like throwing things on to people to, see how they deal with it i always i always love to give people uh objects and such because i want them to i want to give it to them and i want them to try and make the best out of it as they can because immediately lots of times the first thing they do is go how do i get rid of this i gotta go to the closest beeline to the closest solution to get rid of this so it's back to what i was opposed to them going oh, I've got this new thing. Can I work it into what I've got going on now? Can I, like, uh, an example, uh, I gave someone a cursed shield. At the time, it was just a really black shield that uh, absorbed attacks, and it was like, I really like this thing. But then when he actually used it, it did the opposite, and it just spawned random monsters that attacked whoever. And so I was like, it'd be really cool 
if they use this as an object, we're like, I'm going to activate it. And then they activate this curse shield and throw a wild card into of summoning some kind of demon into there. And they're like, maybe the demon's going to attack us. Maybe it's going to attack the thing we're attacking. We don't know, but it's going to throw everything off into chaos. And then they've got this other thing. Uh, because after that, all they have to do is dispel it. And then it goes back to dispel it, remove curse, remove curse. And it goes back to regular because if they don't do that, it will just keep spawning monsters every couple of hours. And I'm like, well, they have a cleric that has that spell prepared. And so it's very easy for them to weirdly jank up this curse item into something <laughs> they use. But instead, they just remove it. And then they they did actively try and sell it. They were like, it's not it's a cursed item, so we can't really sell it to someone nice. So let's like go to some shitty people and sell it to them. Whatever we sell it for is only profit for us because we found it, and also it's a really bad item. But they weren't morally conscious to sell it to someone good full price for a cursed item that's really bad. They went to someone else that was like, so we hear you're some kind of under uh, 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 crime lord of some, here's an item we would like to sell. It's really rare. So... Yeah, but that that is the kind of thing. Is like I don't want to kill my people. Uh, if like I do want to kill them, I want to const- I want to give them a challenge, and a very good challenge will put them very close to death, uh, and maybe kill one of them. Uh, that's also a thing when you get a high enough level, death becomes sort of a inconvenience, uh, depending on the kind of characters you have. Uh, you got you don't sound like you have any healers, honestly. Not really. Um, I've learned one healing spell now as a paladin, but that's more just because it's part of the skill tree. Yeah. So in in the group I run, we've got three people that can resurrect people. So out of well, there was seven of them at the at the start. There's six of them now. So yeah, fifty percent of the people in the group can bring someone back from the dead. So it's like. It's not really a, a worry anymore. If I kill someone, they just pop up back. It's it's not too much of a hassle anymore. So yeah. I kind of don't throw my punches as much. Um, but then again, it's like the higher level you are, the harder the characters hit, and you got to kind of start throwing more at them. But then that is another challenge of, like, how do you throw characters into these things that they are either fighting something that either becomes... A sponge is that fun where you're fighting this character that just has lots of health all the time and so you're just hacking away at it is that fun or is it a character that has weird spells or something uh that is more challenging or is it just a bunch of minions all the time so you're just surrounded so they're kind of easier to kill but you just have a ton of them that are slowly gonna uh hack away at you that's also hard for a dm too to have more characters i've done that where i just started adding characters and then i'm just like oh i've got to keep track of all of them in which case they then turn into platoons so i go okay these three characters are all the three same type of character identical even their miniatures are exactly the same to help me dear god i just have to kind of keep track of which one's health is at uh an interesting thing um people do is they get like colored bases for them that go around so then you go okay it's this character blue green or red and so they can really keep track of them 
But then at that point, I go, okay, these just all act the same initiative. They're just a platoon. They're more minions that are cannon fodder than anything, but they're just going to go in there swinging widely. Clearly, they're going to die. I don't care about them. <laughs> That's what they're for. They're just kind of to get in the way. Also, as anything, they just have to get in the way of the shots so then they don't just go to the big boss because magic dealers, magic, magic wheelers, they do some of the greatest damage and do some of the greatest chaos because they can throw all kinds of weird spells that really change up a battle because all of a sudden it's darkness. All of a sudden everyone's deaf. All of a sudden a giant goes off. Lightning bolts come down from the sky. All fun stuff. But he has no health points, so if you just come up there, swing an axe at him, he's already at health house. It's just like, you gotta, you gotta keep something in between him because he's got all this great firepower but you come in there with a barbarian and just start swinging away at him and it's just like uh can't do anything he's busy running away from this barbarian instead of throwing spells at everyone else and all of a sudden <laughs> it's just you guys chasing a weak old man around a room so but i digress i don't know that's that uh do you have any closing thoughts cuz i think i think that's 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 my I- I, I, I can't think of anything else. I, I got nothing Yeah, more. that's my basic questions. Uh, that's always things to set up and talk. And I, I really like it. It's a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. I really like the creative. The, there's a huge creative aspect of it. Um, oh, yes. Most definitely. So I do like uh, being a DM side. I do just like making things and so like handout stuff. It's, it's so great when you go, here's a thing. And then people aren't expecting it. They're like, oh, physical things they get to touch and play with. And they're like, oh, and they hold on to maps are great because you go get a map of the area surrounding people love maps uh i love maps looking at maps are great so then you just people it gives also adds to the immersion of things uh you throw that on the oh, table yeah. and you actually have an idea of the scope of your world because that's one thing where you're sitting there you're sitting there at a table and you're going oh yeah we're here in this town oh we gotta go to the capital that's just probably right over there and then you bust out the map and you go Oh no, that's all the way across the country. Oh, this is a journey. So, yeah. Other than that, that's it. That's that's the basic intro to 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 playing D anD. d It's so easy. Even Rob even, could do even it. Even Cole does it. How about that? <laughs> but yeah, no, that's great to hear. It sounds like you have fun. Yeah. I. I'm I'm gonna Yeah, I mean it's it's not as much fun as it was going and doing it with Leonardo, but yeah. you know, it's but it's still good. Sounds it's still like a good. good crew. It's 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 also yeah, it's yeah. good to have a good crew that love yeah. just to have fun. Improv. Improv's a really important thing. Go with the punches. Go with the flow of oh, things. Yes. Not afraid to rip and just make silly things. Um Yeah. I mean sometimes you just gotta go and roll to kick your goblin. Yeah. Oh yeah. Roll to kick your goblin. You fail and you end up on your ass an awful lot, but sometimes you just got to Probably so many inside jokes from it. Oh, yeah, God, yes. That's always the thing. <laughs> yeah. So, well, with that, then I'd, I'd like to say thank you. This is basically an interview of Rob and him playing D&D. That's what this podcast was. Has, has, that, that is a weird fucking yeah, podcast. But it is what it is. I hope people got some things learned from it. Some tricks and tips and tricks of playing or dming games is things like handouts also use acrylic i love using acrylic 
and uh, drier, wet erase markers. Wet erase markers? Yes. Dry erase. Dry erase? Aren't dry erase, when they're dry, you can wipe them away? Yeah. No, use wet, wet erase. Because we use dry erase markers, and it's on the table, and you, your hands will get on there somehow. You won't even realize it, but then you'll wipe it off with your hands, and it is going to be covering everything. So with acrylic, we use wet erase markers, and then we just use non... Uh, non... Um, it's Windex, but it's not the regular Windex. It's the stuff with vinegar, because the other oh, stuff will... the ammonia-free stuff? Yes, because ammonia will yellow and crack acrylic yeah. but it's great because we just throw our acrylic sheets down draw all over it because there's the guys that get the rollout uh fancy sheets that you can draw on but stain so we just pop that on top of that we have the grid draw our things that we need to draw you can have multiple pieces of acrylic you can just pick those up at home deep ah, so that's my big suggestion right there get acrylic just acrylic. <laughs> just get sheets of one eighth acrylic and then you can pre-dry your maps on it, and you can throw it down on there and go, boom, here you go. Here's a map. Well, thank you for coming uh, and listening to this little uh, duo of a podcast with Rob and I. Uh, I was just, honestly, I was just intrigued because Rob's starting D&D with a bunch of my friends, and I was like, I want to hear more about it because I just really like just playing tabletop games and immersing yourself in a character. If you like improv, if you like character building, if you like... Uh, strategizing stuff like that if you just like rolling dice which is also really fun having a gambling addiction uh that's the stuff i was interested in so that's what we talked about today but if you ever want to contact us uh, uh of course contact us if you want to hear his game it's up there uh email us at soccer rangers podcast uh at gmail.com of course we have an instagram that i'm constantly putting little pictures up on our last picture uh, apparently it's uh, needed to have a trigger warning because it's a little bit disturbing. Uh, it's my face over zero two uh, from Darling in the Franks. Sorry to break, uh, uh, sorry to uh, spoil that. Uh, of course, you can hear this podcast if you're listening to the podcast. You know where you get it. It's a podcast. It's literally ever over the internet. All those podcasting apps will have us. But tell your friends if you like listening to us. Tell your friends and help us get. More listeners that like listening to what we listen to, I guess. I'm rambling. It's crazy. I'm rambling again. I'm doing it all the time. God damn it. So with that, uh, I'd like to say thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>